Hi, it is Sunday. I'm doing one of these again. Um, primarily about the Olympics, because I feel like it. I love the Olympics. Like, I look forward to them every year. Like, I can remember watching them when I was young. Like, I'm old, so the 1996 Olympics happened when I was 11, and I can remember sitting in my living room like and when Carrie Strug was going to go on vault my sister and I like covering our eyes because we didn't want to see her like get hurt and I also really remember the fact that my sister did gymnastics then for like fun um and we would go and like watch the practices and that like the older girls at her gym that were doing like like competitive level gymnastics like the gym that she went to had actually there's somebody that was going there at the time that ended up becoming like a elite level gymnast Chelsea Memo she like switched to another gym and is now like has been coached by her dad for a long time but she was originally at the gym my sister went to for like just fun like recreational gymnastics and I remember seeing like people doing who were older doing like the um, floor routines that I, that we saw everybody do at the Olympics and stuff. But I will just say this, that, um, an Olympics where it's, the time change is so off, <laughs> um, where, like, the, the events that are, like, kind of, like, the big marquee events, at least with gymnastics, like, a team final, and the all-around final, those weren't that bad because they're, like, they start at, like, 7 p.m., so over there, so, like, here, that's, like, 5 in the morning, but that's, that's not completely awful, like, to start at, like, 5 or 6 in the morning, um, but, like, qualifications and now, like, the event finals start at, like, two o'clock three o'clock in the morning and I'm just like what the fuck (laughs) like I like this Olympics is already kind of weird like a lot of weird things are happening which I'm just chalking up to the fact of that they were delayed for a year like I cannot wait until like years from now we have to try to explain to people how the 2020 Olympics happened in 2021 And, like, why that, or, like, why that happened, or why they continue to call them the 2020 Olympics, even though it was a year later. Um, But it's especially, I think, good, because even though I love them, and I look forward to them for four years, essentially, uh, it'd also be nice to not have my sleeping schedule messed up by watching or trying to watch it, um at some point for the last because that's what like last Sunday I was so tired from staying up late following the qualifications for the uh, American team and today I'm really tired again from trying to watch um some of the event finals for not just the American team, but, like, for gymnasts in general, but for the same reason. And the event finals didn't even start until 3 a.m. 
Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do when they don't start until three? Like, I was, uh, like, whenever I have to, whenever I have to wake up early, like, I know I have to wake up earlier than I usually do. My anxiety always, like, goes wild and I always have a harder time falling asleep because my brain is, like, too focused on the fact of, like, you need to fall asleep now because if you don't, you're going to be really tired the next day. So, like, I knew that that was going to happen if I tried to sleep and then, like, set an alarm and, like, wake up at, like, three when they, when everything started. So I didn't even try to sleep. I just tried to stay up. And I basically stayed up long enough to see what happened in the vault final. And then event, and then just felt sleep for, I mean, not even that long. Like, I, I don't know when I fell asleep. Probably around 4.35. And I woke up at, like, like 7.38. And that's the, all the sleep that I've gotten uh, so far. So that's great. <laughs> um... Okay, now that I'm done, like, whining for the moment about how tired I am, we talk about what actually happened in the competitions, um, uh, I'm really, I'm really happy, actually, with how the women's competitions went, like, men's, I don't know, like, there were some falls from people on the men's side, not, like, American gymnasts, but just gymnasts that I like. But that tends to happen at the Olympics, especially event finals. Like, it's a little different now. Um, well, it's different for the competitors because there's nobody in the stands. Like, usually at Olympics, you know, there's full there's stands full of people making lots of noise. And the thing that usually throws um, competitors off about event finals that likely still did is that there's nothing else going on. Like, usually at a gymnastics competition, like when it's like a team competition or the all-around finals, there's like people competing on all four events at the same time. Even if the te- like television can only show us one routine at a time, they're all competing all at the same time. Um, so like when, so like when people go up and do like, a big routine like yeah they feel like all that pressure and stuff but there's a lot of like noise of from like people on full exercise people competing on other routines like the crowd reacting to other routines going on and like gymnasts are used to that like when they train if you've ever watched like any kind of documentary thing about like people like gymnasts in the gym like usually in the gym they have like like, the radio blaring of, like, loud music, and there's always, like, a bunch of different people are are doing different routines at the same time, so they're used to having, like, a bunch of noise always happening in the background, but when it's event finals, there isn't any of that because, like, you're the only person going, so, like... This happens a lot for beam, especially, because balance beam is already such, like, a nervous event because it's a fucking balance beam. But, like, then imagine doing balance beam in front of, especially when you're in front of a huge crowd. But, like, imagine doing balance beam where, like, you're literally the only person doing anything in the entire arena. So everyone is watching you and 
having to, like, keep that, like, um, and try to, like, stay within yourself and not let that, like, that nervousness get to you, that, like, you know that everyone is watching you, there's no, like, background noise, there isn't even usually any music playing in the arena when they're going, it's just, like, silent, and everyone's watching you, and, like, the crowd, like, reacts to whatever you do, um, that tends to make people make mistakes during event finals, but I am really happy with the women's side of event finals because Michaela Skinner got a medal. She got silver, um, and Suni Lee did not win bars, which makes me kind of sad because I really wanted her to win bars, but whatever. She already won the all-around, so I'm not that upset, <laughs> uh, to be honest, and she was like her routine she like didn't connect the things that she usually does because she was likely very nervous and um the person who won is Nina Darwal and she's from Belgium and she's actually a gymnast that I really enjoy like Belgium is Belgium is such a small country like there is they barely have like, the team for Belgium is, for this Olympics, is four people, obviously. Last, the last Olympics in 2016 was the first time they ever made, like, they got, like, an entire team to the Olympics instead of just one individual person going. And, like, they barely have, they only have, like, one or two, a couple gymnasts that do elite gymnastics that don't make, like, the team because the country is so small there isn't like a lot of um there's only a couple coaches within the entire country that you can go to if you want to like do gymnastics at that level they don't have like a ton of depth so it's like pretty amazing that they've been able in the last like five years or so to make two different olympics as a team and do well like they were in the team final this Olympics, which was really great. That was one of the surprising things that was really nice. Because um, I generally really like their gymnastics. They, they're they not, like, super difficult, but they their gymnastics always looks really nice. It's really pretty with good form and everything. And Nina is great at the all-around. Like, I'm pretty sure she was in the top all-around group, which is um, a big thing for somebody from a country as small as her to be in the same group with the people who medaled and to be, like, she was in, like, the top six or something of the world. That's that's a really big deal. And she's been... She was... She won bars, like, this entire quad. Like, um... Or wait. Somebody else won in 2017. Now I can't remember who did. But remember she came in, like, um... She got, like, a bronze, I think, in 2017. Which was, like, the first time that Belgium's meddled in anything in like a bazillion years and then 2018 and 2019 world she won bars and you know and then won it again today and I'm really glad that if SUNY didn't win bars that it was her because I really like her routine they're her and SUNY's actually um all of the routines of the people who won today are very much the kind of bars routines that I enjoy like um I like the ones where there's like a lot of connections in a row and um to kind of see like what they can do um 
like Sunni's routine is just like like the amount of connection she has is like wacky <laughs> um but I just tend to enjoy those routines more like there are different kind of styles of bars that you can do um and there's nothing wrong with the gymnasts that don't do routines necessarily like that in the same way that's just the kind that I prefer and all three medalists it was Nina Darwal um Suni got bronze and Anastasia Elenkova I know I'm saying that last name wrong from Russia she got silver and I really like all of their routines they're like some of the my favorite bars gymnasts from the last like five or so years um so I'm glad that they got rewarded for that and got um and got a medal it was really nice um and especially with Nina Nina is someone that like some gymnastic fans a lot of well I don't want to say a lot I know that it's like a small sample size but you know how there's like fandoms for everything there's a fandom for like gymnastics fans where fans talk about whatever about athletes and competitions and how they think they're going to go and there's always some there's always some gymnasts that are like everyone's kind of like favorite and there's always a gym a couple gymnasts that are the ones that people just don't like and um Actually, Michaela Skinner was another one that was like that for, is like that for the gym trainer. It's like, the gym trainer is what we call ourselves. Like, it's annoying um, how hard people are on her more than, like, anyone else, really. Like, she, when she was younger, she said some stupid shit on the internet. But, like, this is gymnastics, especially in, like, American gymnastics. In order to do gymnastics, you most of the time have to be pretty fucking well off in order to do it because it's so expensive to, like, like the amount of money it costs for, like, that you have to get the coaches when you do elite gymnastics, like, to do, to spend, like, 30, around 30 hours a week in the gym every week and plus, like, the equipment that you have to buy like the leotards the grips everything for it is expensive and then if you do get to the elite level you have to like travel to camp every month or to competitions and things like that and not all of those are paid so it's like it it costs a lot of money and a lot of the girls that do it especially when they're young they're like well off and privileged and yeah so, and a bunch of them are, like, like more conservative because of that. Because they're well off. Their parents are well off. And they're sheltered. Especially since they're gymnasts. Like, they spend the majority of the time in a gym. <laughs> Not, like, you know, out there, like, doing things that a lot of other teenagers tend to do. So, they're a very kind of sheltered group. Like, a lot of them get their eyes open when they go to college and some of them are still like very conservative after going to school but like um it's normal for them to to kind of believe in those things or say or whatever when you're in middle middle school well some of them are in middle school but when you're in high school especially so like it's weird that like the gym internet 
it like brings up like oh Michaela Skinner said this like racist thing on Twitter once yeah in like 2015 like (laughs) that was like six years ago she hasn't said anything like that since then but you keep bringing it up and you keep holding it against her when there's like other gymnasts during that time that have posted things that are extremely ignorant on the internet and nobody is as angry at them as they are at her. It's so weird. Um, but the reason why I'm talking to like this is that Nina Darwal is one of those gymnasts for a lot of people. Um, and it's mainly because, so this, I probably talked about this on here like months ago because it really pisses me off because, um, after everything that happened with USA Gymnastics and Larry Nassar and Marta Crowley and stuff, um, I forget who, like, Netflix put out a documentary called Athlete A about, like, the whole thing with Larry Nassar and USA Gymnastics and exposing all of that, and, um, after that came out, a lot of gymnasts from around the world started talking about like and exposing their abusive coaches like it just became something that happened for like months and months like for countries all around the world there were it also happened for some coaches in the U.S. but I I think that athletes from around the world watched the documentary and got like inspired to talk about the issues that are going on in their own like countries um like systems and stuff because, like, the American system is definitely not the only one that was, had, were using abusive tactics to try to make, like, good gymnasts. Like, it was happening in a lot of countries. Like, I, the whole time that was going on, and, like, Larry Nassar and abuse was, like, the thing that everyone in the gymnastics world was talking about, I, like, barely could watch it. I still, like, I still, like, barely interact with it most of the time. Like, I like, like, obviously I like watching competitions, but, um, I don't really follow anyone from, like, the gymnast, like, the gym turnout, like, the gymnastics fandom anymore. Only a couple people. Because it was just too triggering to see people talking about abuse. And it was especially triggering to see people talk about abuse, but not seeming to learn what is really going on or learn like why these things happen and things like that because um one of the things that happened is that um people in belgium started coming forward about the coaches that coach nina darwal and nina is like the messiah for like the belgium program like she's like mo like the other um, like, she, like, won bars, like, this entire quad and just won an Olympic gold, um, for their country, which has not happened in, like, a really long time. She's a really good all-around gymnast that always places in, like, the top eight in the world, which is, like, the top group, and no one else has done that in a super long time. Like, she's the reason why they've gotten a team to the last two Olympics and everything like that, um, So she basically, because she is being coached by those coaches, she became basically like, they made her be like, almost like a, I don't know what to call it, but like, 
their like rhetoric like they used her as like a talking point basically somebody that to like say what they wanted people to think about them so like there would be like instagram posts on her profile and um or she would do like interviews or whatever and she and like in those posts and interviews she like wouldn't be um supporting like the gymnasts that she knew that came forward about her coaches where there was like a press conference right after that happened where they made her get up there and speak but like and so like gymnastics fans saw that and just decided because of that to not like her and it's like it's beyond frustrating for me as somebody who has actually like lived through that because like what the fuck do they want her to do like her country is so small that there is like there is nobody else like if this ha- like just to compare like there were there've been gymnasts in the US that have had horribly abusive coaches like Lori Hernandez's coach when she went to the Olympics in 2016 has been banned from being able to do even go to a USA gymnastics sponsored event and coach with like be allowed to coach children for the next eight years because of the stories about how emotionally and verbally and everything abusive she was um and it took like it took Lori and another gymnast that trained under her like a while before they could find another coach because it's not that easy to even in the u.s when we have like a tons of coaches all around the country for them to find somebody who knows how to come like to coach somebody at the elite level who doesn't already have an elite gymnast who would be willing to take because like if you have an elite gymnast that is already has like the strengths of you as an athlete they're not going to want to take somebody else in and help coach them when they'll be like competing against each other they'll they're just not gonna that doesn't make sense they're not gonna do that so it took a while for both of them to find like another gym it wasn't as easy as just switching and that's in a big country like the u.s where there's like thousands and thousands of gyms all around the country that you can like research and switch to in belgium there is like Nina's coaches are literally the only coaches she has like if she wants to compete in the elite gymnastics world if she wants to make the olympics these are the coaches she has to train with she has no other options and her like people heard the stories about her coaches they knew that she they were abusive and so they know that they're abusive so they know that they're likely abusing her and that and they know that the country she's from is so small that there isn't anyone else that she can possibly go see so it's like beyond frustrating and makes me so angry that like people would see like her instagram posts or what she says in interviews and just decide to hate her like oh she's horrible because she's talking against victims like she is a victim you nincompoop like what do you what you can't like she's being coached by the people that you know are abusive like she's obviously being abused 
And you can't expect, like, somebody in that situation to ever even have the safety to be able to, like, say what they actually think and what they actually believe and how they actually feel about that situation because they're being coached by them. Like, what... It's, like, ridiculous to me that people who follow the sport, like, are expecting her to spend 30 hours a week being coached by these people. And, like, they're the ones who decide, like, what, like, how many repetitions of routine she has to do. Like, they, they're in control of her body. They could easily break her. And I think that the only reason they haven't is because they know that she's, like, their golden goose in a way. And if they break her, then, yeah, there's no going back. But, um they could easily do that and like it's ridiculous to expect that somebody who has to go see these coaches and be around them for like 30 hours a week in order to like have their dreams happen would ever be in the position where they could support victims of their coaches who are being abused like what what is she supposed to do that's impossible like that's clearly a situation where the things that she's posting she likely isn't even the one writing them it's probably her coaches and they're likely using her like her social media since so many people follow her and know her as an outlet to like put their thoughts and feelings out there like that happens all the time in abusive situations and so it's it's super frustrating that fans can know all those things separately but not put them together like it's so easy for them to just like pick on her and not and I don't understand it because it's like you know her coaches are abusive so you know that she's being abused right now so why do you think that she could somehow be able to have the freedom to say how she actually feels when she is stuck with these abusive coaches until she decides she doesn't want to compete elite gymnastics anymore like they're the only people that she can ever there's no one else that she can train with so what is she what do you want from her um it's just it's ridiculous that they can't have empathy and realize the horrible situation that she's in and just give her like and don't react to like the things that she posts because she probably doesn't even agree with the things that she's posting because it's probably not even her like posting that stuff um it's probably her coaches and like give her the space and time after she's done competing and she's able to get away from them to be able to like really say how she feels and figure all of that stuff out like the like the victims of um her coaches are like aware of that themselves like One of the victims that came forward is her best friend who had to quit because of an eating disorder because of what her coaches would say. Like, she knows. (laughs) She's aware. But, like, there isn't anything else that she can do. Um, So, needless to say, like, people... The people doing that didn't want to like her, didn't want her to win bars. Um for one reason or another but I'm glad that she did if for no other reason that her coaches won't go after her so much because she you know because like 
I can only imagine what coaches like that would do or say to you if you win bars for almost the entire if you win bars for like the two years leading up to the Olympics and then at the Olympics you don't win um like that happens pretty often because it's you know it's the Olympics can get in your head and it's just like one routine sometimes people get a lot better leading up to the Olympics and suddenly do the best that they've ever done there and um and you just have an off day and you don't win but it's just yeah so I'm glad that she won if for no other reason than that that her coaches won't be able to go after her about that um yeah that's the situation in gymnastics and yeah so I'm really glad that I'm, like, beyond happy that Michaela Skinner won a medal. Um, like, this whole situation with Simone Biles, like I said, I've said, is, like, just out of left field. It's the craziest, most wild thing I've ever seen, honestly. <laughs> Especially in gymnastics, but in, like, Olympic sport in general. Like, I, like, I've, I said this on Friday, but, like, I, my anxiety comes up with so many different scenarios about how things would go, and this never occurred to me once that this might happen, um, and it, part of, and part of that is that now Michaela is going to, like, got to compete vault finals when she originally wasn't going to, because she didn't make it um, like, because Simone and Jay Carey had higher scores than she did in qualifications, but because Simone isn't competing, she was able to get in and win a silver medal. Like, after qualifications, she thought that that was it. Like, she was done. Like, the Olympics were, are the, she said for a while, like, the Olympics was the end of her, like, gymnastics career like her body like the last year or so she's had a lot of injuries and she's like done what she needed to do to get to like this point um so that she could try to get to the olympics and compete and um so after she didn't make any event finals in qualification she thought like that was it like her career was done um and then to, like because simone had to drop out find out that she gets like she thought she was done and then a week later realize find out that she'll actually be able to compete in the vault final and and then not only gets to compete in it but wins a an olympic medal like that she's an olympic silver medalist now for like like not only like it's a big deal to go to the olympics period like um to like to forever be an Olympian is a big deal but like now to not only be an Olympian but to be an Olympic medalist is it's amazing and especially because her career has been like a battle um the entire time it's why I've always liked her um like in 2012 she wasn't really ready like to be like a contender for any team one thing that fans kind of pick on her about is her form because um when she was young 
she started at like the gym that she's still at in Arizona and um and then her family moved to Utah for a couple years and when she moved to Utah for those few years she um, obviously trained at a different gym and that coach was not a good coach they like pushed her way too hard and burned her out like that's yeah that can happen um especially with like young gymnasts sometimes coaches will like have gymnasts that are like the young ones that like you can't compete internationally to win medals until you're 16 um so the years before that are basically you just kind of testing out different skills and seeing what works for them until they get to the level where they're they can compete internationally and and like and do all that um so sometimes you'll see like coaches having their young gymnasts do skills that are way too difficult for them that will just like lead to horrible injuries later on in life there's so many junior what they call juniors in the U.S. that have competed during doing these crazy skills and then end up retiring from the sport by the time they're like 14 (laughs) um because their coach just burned them out on the sport and they don't want to do it anymore so like the coaches that she had in Utah were like basically did that to her and they only lived there for a couple years and they moved back to Arizona where she's from and she went back to um to like the same gym she was at before which is this like the gym that she's still at now with the same coaches she has now um and like those coaches like they just wanted to keep her in the gym like they knew that the other coach was awful to her and burned her out of the sport where she didn't even want to do it anymore and so they didn't make her do like work on like her flexibility and things like that like she's never she's not like a super flexible gymnast but they didn't make her do like all of the work of about flexibility and things like that like other gymnasts at her level would have done because they were just trying to get her to they were just trying to get her to stay in the gym because they knew her potential and they knew how much how good she was and what she could possibly accomplish um and she does really love gymnastics so they like they didn't push her on that to like get her back into the gym and kind of rekindle her love for the sport which worked like but because of that um, the first couple years that she competed, her, like, flexibility and things like that and, like, form were things that she's always had to work on. Like, she's worked a lot on her form and flexibility throughout the years. It's a lot better than it was when she first started. But because of that, gymnastic fans tended to, like, rip her apart or say that, like, her coaches were awful and things like that. But, like, knowing that backstory, when I learned that a couple years later, like, it made a lot of sense. And I think that her coaches honestly did the best possible decision because if they would have like pushed her into doing like flexibility work and things like that that she didn't want to do she like never she would have just quit the sport so they like let her get away with that at the moment until she wanted to do that extra work and things like that because she wanted to be able to like be on the national team and go to world championships and go to the olympics and things like that and was willing to put in that work now now that she was like invested into everything again and so so like she started off like that and like throughout the years she like worked her way up like she missed um 
she didn't get onto the she was an alternate for the 2016 olympic team um i personally think she should have been on that team uh but that's a whole other thing but and then like went off to college and did that for three years and wasn't sure she wanted to do elite ever again but like marta caroli you know left wasn't running the team anymore and things were like and camp going to camp and stuff wasn't as horrifying as it was when she was there so I think that's part of the reason why she decided to come back so like after three years of being in college she came back did elite like competed the year like in 2019 which was meant to be the year before the olympics um she like stopped her college like her NCAA like gymnastics season in like April and by like the end of July like August when we have like nationals every year she she was already competing like full elite routines which is not easy at all to do the routines in college are much easier on the body they're a lot more simple um so that was a big jump and made the world's team that year um she's made it as an alternate again and after being an alternate for the Olympic team in 2016, and then everything happened with COVID last year, she got, she got COVID by uh, this, like, past December. Not only did she get COVID, but she got pneumonia. <laughs> like, she had COVID for a while and was out and then started feeling better. And after a few weeks of feeling better, went back into the gym and then started feeling worse again and went to the doctor and found out that she had fucking pneumonia, was in, like, the ER overnight one night, and she was out of the gym for, like, months, and then she started having problems with, like, one of her, um, with one of her ankles started, or feet or heel or whatever started getting injured. So, like, she was out of the gym for, like, three or four months at the, like, beginning-ish part of this year. So it was, like, almost, like, this thing of, like, would she be able to stay healthy enough for her to even be able to get to nationals and trials and try to make the team? And then after all of that, for her to make the team and then at the Olympics suddenly be able to, like, compete for a medal and win one is just, like, really... It's just really, really sweet. She's so, like, resilient like, there's been so many things along the way that have happened where she hasn't made teams or she's been injured or things have just been difficult where she could have given up and she just didn't give up. Um, and it's amazing that she now has an Olympic world medal for or Olympic medal for, like, all time. That's fucking incredible. Um, if you've watched Michaela Skinner during the Olympics and you like her, I recommend... Um, looking up her YouTube channel her and her husband her husband is the one that is the one like behind the camera during all of the videos but they started doing it like they started doing it a couple months before COVID happened so like like in 20 like fall of 2019 was when the 2019 world championships was and that was the team that she made but she was an alternate again didn't compete so like at the, like, the, literally, like, winter of 2020 before COVID hit was when they started posting videos that was meant to just show kind of 
her in the gym and her whole process of trying to make the Olympic team again. Um, I love those videos. It's really cool to see her work with her coaches um, every day and just kind of see the whole process of of what it's like and the like her they show like her going to physical therapy and and all that kind of stuff um but yeah they started doing it right before covid so there you can watch like her whole saga throughout like all of 2020 and this year she's been putting up vlogs everywhere like she puts up vlogs of her at like national training camp things that like we've never seen before she's been putting up vlogs of her at the olympics her at nationals her at trials everywhere they go she posts uh, like a video showing like what they're doing every day and all that kind of stuff and it's really cool it's so cool um and they show her like when she was when she got covid when she got really sick but she was out of the gym for a while when she was injured and couldn't do gymnastics for a while um they show just all of that and like her like building herself back up so that she could get to the olympics um I'm really excited to see, like, whatever her video is going to be after today, because <laughs> it's probably going to be emotional. Um, but yeah, if you, if you like her, uh, her videos on her YouTube channel are a great way to, like, even get to know her a little bit better or see more of her journey and really see, and see, like, how far she, or, like, how hard she had to work, like, how hard it is to be how hard it really is to be an elite gymnast it is not easy um yeah it's really nice one thing i think that's happening because of simone being out is that other people in gymnastics are having a chance to shine um and i like it it's nice for them to have these moments of showing that it's almost showing like they're that there is more to gymnastics than Simone that like you know should she like retire after this year that like the sport will continue on that gymnasts will continue to innovate and yes like we won't have somebody being able to do the skills that she's been able to do but it doesn't mean that she hasn't like helped like push the sport along and that um, when she's not here, it doesn't mean that gymnastics will go back to not being as interesting anymore. That she's changed things for the better, and that, like, there's still gymnasts out there doing, like, amazing, great work that will be recognized again. Because it's, I don't know how to put this, but, like, ever since she started dominating in 2013, it's just, like, it feels like she's just been the entire story of gymnastics as a whole which makes sense why she is and she's the best gymnast ever but it's like it's kind of like the thing of with swimming and Michael Phelps that like Michael Phelps worked really hard to put swim to make swimming more popular he like did a lot of work to try to get swimming like more exposure to have competitions like their world championships and stuff be shown on tv so that people could watch it and get involved in it and want to join and like get invested in the sport outside of the olympic year to to just bring in more people in the sport and he definitely like raised the 
profile of swimming a ton. It used to not be such like a high profile sport. Um, and he did that. And so a lot of people were afraid that after he left that like swimming wouldn't get the same attention that it usually did, but it still does. It like, they like were able to prove that there's, even though he's not there, there's still a lot of really great talented people and not only in the U S but around the world that, um, have like been who like looked up to him or just were inspired by what he was able to do because like there's so many world records that were broken at this olympics by a bunch of different swimmers from a lot of different countries there's still like things like things are still progressing in that sport too and it's the same thing of it's nothing against michael phelps but it's just like when you have someone that is so just naturally far and away above everyone else that they compete with then yeah like the they become like the story but then at some point like they're not going to compete forever um like it is with Simone like she can't compete forever and it's one of these one of the ironic things of her not competing at this Olympics that that process has just happened sooner that like people this Olympics like you know SUNY winning all around gold or even like the people that are just meddling like um like Michaela getting to compete and win a medal or like Rebecca Andrade from Brazil being able to win Olympic gold on vault like if Simone was competing she probably wouldn't have won that Simone would have and like Rebecca Andrade has been through so much she has torn her ACL three fucking times like if she had been healthy she would have been um a huge competitor for Simone and would have been pushing her this entire time because she has she has a lot of potential when it comes to gymnastics but she literally has torn her ACL three times she tore it in like 2015 um and like the 2016 Olympics was in Brazil her home country and it takes like over a year usually to come back from a torn ACL so she like made it back in time for the olympics but she wasn't at like the you know at like her absolute best when she was there she still did good but like the olympics were like her first big international competition she was injured and was never able to make it to a world championship so she made some mistakes or whatever and then in 2017 at worlds she tore her acl again (sighs) um and then tore it at some point again. <laughs> this quad, I don't even know when that the last time it happened happened, but through all of that, she was able to fight back and get to this Olympics and be absolutely at her fucking best and win like a silver in the all around and win the gold medal on vault and probably will medal on floor um, too. And she's like, she's doing amazing and really having a chance to get people's attention in a way that likely wouldn't have happened as much if Simone competed like it's just one of those kind of things like this whole situation with Simone is so not what anyone ever expected to happen um but it has happened and because of it there are some positives coming out of it that's like all I can really say And then the last thing with the Olympics that I want to talk about is that I watched surfing yesterday and I've wanted to watch surfing for 
um, a while. Like, and by a while, I mean, like, a week. <laughs> like, I saw that Olympic was, um, I saw that surfing was an Olympic sport. And I'm like, that is really cool. And, um, so I was interested to see, like, what it, almost like a surfing competition would be like. And I saw this, like, clip of, you know, like, the, the, like, NBC, like, Olympic account that, like, posts clips of who wins. Like, I appreciate that account because they post, like, nice things about who wins, even if, like, it's not somebody from the U.S. They'll still post and be like, look at this amazing thing that happened. And so they posted a thing about, like, the first ever men's, like, gold medalist in Olympic surfing was um, this one guy, uh, his last name is Ferreira from Brazil. And it showed a clip of him, like, riding a wave and doing, like, a full, like, 360, like, flip on the wave and landing. And I was like, oh, my God, what is that? I want to watch that. That looks really cool. Um, so I finally, um, watched, like, the, like, the metal the way that they posted it on, like, the Peacock app, which is, like, the app that NBC uses, where they're, they've been posting, like, the, um, full, like, replays on there. I don't have cable, so I can't watch on, like, the NBCOlympics.com website with, like, the live, with, like, the live streams and stuff, so that's what I've been doing, is watching on that app, and so they had, like, a three and a half hour, like, replay that was like the replay of all the different metal competitions um for like men's and women's and surfing yesterday and it was so nice like <laughs> if you're somebody that likes um that is like calmed by like the ocean or water or waves um like I am then you should watch surfing because the way that they do the competition is basically, like, the like the rounds that I watched for men's and women's was basically there's one that's, like, two people and whoever wins, wins the bronze medal. And then there's also the gold medal match. So whoever wins that wins the gold. Whoever doesn't win gets the silver. Um, and apparently, like, one thing I like that surfing does is that in, like, their normal competitions like not Olympic competitions they have what is called like a copper medal so the person who doesn't win the bronze medal match still gets a medal which I actually really like um because it's horrible seeing somebody get fourth place and not get it but since this was an Olympic competition they couldn't do that they have to follow the Olympic rules so but like each match on the men's and women's side that I watched was basically like a half hour long and it's just like the two people going like going out there and waiting in until they find like a wave and then riding it and then doing like the tricks that they do like flips or just doing the stuff that they do on the waves and then they get scored each time they do that and they have like an unlimited amount of times that they can do that and then who at the end of like the half hour long thing um, whoever has the highest, like, cumulative points from the judges for all the different times, uh, that they got scored from, like, riding waves and stuff is the person that wins, um, and, like, wins the medal. And so it's literally just, like, 
it was like three and a half hours of watching people of watching like a bunch of huge waves of watching people just like in the ocean like and the whole thing that they have to do is figure out like what kind of wave like pick what wave will work best for what they want to do so they have to like understand the ocean be able to like know which will work best for them and which won't and um it was just super relaxing and calming for me to watch because I love water and I like I listen to um like I listen to like uh like ambient noises of like of like waves or or like thunderstorms happening on water when I sleep every night um, so I always find, like, water in the ocean, things like that, really calming anyway. So watching people out in the in the water, like, just doing something like that was really relaxing and fun. And it was also, like, exciting to see, like, who would, what they would do. Especially because the fact that it's, like, a timed thing and that at the end of the half hour, whoever happens to have the most points is just the person who wins. Like, it just automatically, like makes it dramatic because the people like the people who are like the surfers know that they only have a certain amount of time left and so they if the person is whoever is behind at the end they start like trying to find whatever they can find to try to get ahead and it's like one of those like naturally kind of dramatic things that if somebody like is able to do like a really find like a good wave and do like a really cool like trick like do like the flips and things like that when I saw that person on Instagram do they can get like a bunch of like big points and suddenly like be ahead of the other person without like at the end without them really having that much time to get back ahead so it's like super calming because of the water but it's also exciting and yeah it was really cool it was really nice to watch and it makes me want to watch more of that because it was nice honestly it was nice watching surfing and then I also watched a bunch of diving competitions yesterday too it was like nice to have something to watch that kept me interested um where I didn't get I wasn't on like social media apps when I was doing that because like usually I just I try to find stuff to watch on YouTube but I it's hard to find new things for me to watch on there um, it's hard for me to watch, like, new TV shows or movies, because I am always like, what if I don't like it? Um, but yeah, it made the day go by way faster yesterday. It was, it was, yeah, it was, it was nice to have that, and I wish that that could continue. <laughs> so I guess we'll see if it does. Uh, but yeah, this was my ramble about the Olympics. <laughs>